Esther served God in a time when the world seemed hostile to her. In fact, it was hostile to her, more so than anything we've encountered probably in our lifetime, though there may be some in the room who've encountered such opposition to the people of covenant, the people of God, but for Esther, it was a daily reality. It was something she lived with. She understood the threat upon God's people. And yet, even though there was a hostile world and a culture that was against her, still this young woman, sensing an appointment from the Father in heaven, stood up in her time, in her place, to do the thing God called her to do. And I hope that will be true about you, young or old, whoever you might be, in a world that maybe you see as hostile to the gospel and a culture that maybe you see as against you. Still, I hope that you, like Esther, will stand up, fulfill God's call in your time and in your place, not only be the person God called you to be, but do the thing He's called you to do. Now, we have a plan for sending the gospel around the world, and in a lot of ways, it parallels what Esther did in her hostile environment. And so I want you to flip over to the book of Esther. I want to reread a verse that we saw last week and talk a little bit about it. It is verse 16 in Esther chapter 4, where Esther tells Mordecai and all the other folks that are in covenant with God, go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or night day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. This was a hill on which she was willing to die. She would do what was on her heart to do for the people of God and the preservation of God's people. And she first called them to prayer. She wanted prayer for herself, for the moment when she would go in to see the king. We begin our going to the nations with the gospel on our knees. That's where we start. We start with prayer. We must be a praying people. I wonder about the things that are your anxieties in the world, where you hear the news and you are fearful about the future and generations that are to come. And I wonder if you are praying, if you are praying for the folks about whom you worry, if you are praying for the missionaries that are sent into the world. And I want to ask you another question. Will you, no matter what your prayer history might be, Will you, in these coming days, pray for the lost who are in spiritual darkness and the missionaries who are sent to communicate the gospel? Will you pray for the church in Africa and Asia, for the church that have steeples and bells and the church that meets underground? Will you pray? We have a prayer strategy. You hold it in your hand, and Christy's going to explain what you hold in your hand and how it can be useful for us as a congregation sending the gospel around the world.
In your worship guide this morning that you got from our uh, preteens, you received a laminated prayer guide, and I'd love for you to pull that out now, if you will. Through our Global Impact Ministries and through our Care Effect Ministries, our goal is to make missions accessible for our church family, to, to give you a strategy. Um, Esther was very strategic in the way that she approached the work that God had for, for her, and we want to be strategic as well. We want to make sure that our church body is praying and giving and going at all times. And this is a little strategy to help you spend some time praying. As we go out into the city and do missions, as we send people abroad into, into other countries to do missions, um, our prayers unite our hearts and our minds with the work and the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit in the work that's done around the world. If, if God doesn't go before us to open the doors, we can't get into the places that we, can, that we go to feed, to share the gospel, to teach. If God doesn't go before us softening the hearts of the people that we share with, they're not going to receive the gospel that we share with them. Your prayer also energizes and strengthens the volunteers, the missionaries who go out. So we challenge you to be praying about our missions efforts. This um, little strategy, it's a perpetual calendar. On one side, you have 31 days. And what I would like you to do each and every day is look to the date of that day. Um, it, on the 20th, um, we would want you to pray for the prisoners at um, Orleans Parish Prison. On the 5th, pray for the children who participate in, in the summit. Um, on the 16th, pray for the volunteers who, who feed the homeless. So each day, you're going to make a strategic prayer for one of our Care Effect ministries, the people that we serve and the people who do the serving. Then on the other side, you're going to take the day of the week and pray for a part of our world. On Sundays, let's pray for the world. Let's pray for the, the world that God has in his hand. And then each and every day after that, we've divided it up into regions of the world. And we would like you to focus each day your prayers on that region. And I think the pastor is going to lead us through um, praying through today's prayer, how we would use this guide today. So today is the 9th, and we're praying for the feeding station at Gentilly Lowe's and the volunteers that go there. And today is Sunday, so we're praying for the world. And as we pray, we want to be specific, all right? So I have in my mind pictures of the long line of men and few women that were at the Gentilly Lowe's feeding station on Wednesday night. I saw them. I'm going to go over there this afternoon. We're going to install some lights along the Evangelistic Baptist Church, which partners with us in that feeding station. We share the gospel with those guys. There were about 12 volunteers there. Our lead volunteer is Steve Barnett, and his wife, Shirley, was diagnosed with colon cancer this week. So we're going to be very specific and pray for Steve and Shirley that God would intervene on their behalf we're going to pray for those other volunteers because we have lots of opportunities at Gentilly Lowe's to talk with those folks about the good news of Jesus Christ, to visit with them, to refer them to Bethel Colony and other places if that's a need that they have. And we're going to hear a little bit more about Bethel Colony in a minute. And we see so much uh, victims of violence and, and uh, 
trouble and crime there at Gentilly Lowe's. It always surprises me. And so we're going to pray for that. And then when we pray for the world, I want you to think about what worries you the most. Maybe it's the fact that there was a Christian couple falsely accused of blasphemy in Pakistan who were murdered and their bodies incinerated. And you are troubled by that happening in the world as all of us are. Maybe you are troubled by the advance of ISIS. Maybe other things, the hunger and desperation in the world are troubling you today. I want you to pray at the point of your anxiety in regard to the world because when we send the gospel into the world with people and with the word of God, we address the very anxiety that is on your heart. Let's bow together. God, we pray together for such a world as this. Lord, we read the newspaper, we see the magazines, we hear the reports, we see the pictures, and we are troubled by conditions in our world. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would empower our missionaries, business people who know Jesus, who are now stationed around the world, military personnel who are on bases around the world, who know you. God, we pray for chaplains who are on the front lines of the gospel. And Lord, we pray that the word of God would be powerful. Today, as churches meet, in the wide open and underground, that you would protect pastors in places where they are threatened and church members in places where their lives are threatened. God, we pray for the advance of your word. God, we pray for the place that makes us anxious. God, we pray for the Middle East and the turmoil there. We pray that you will bless our sons and our daughters who are stepping forward to go to these difficult places in the world and there be emblems of the grace and love of God. Empower them and protect them. Lord, bless those who send the missionaries, who make the calls on where to send them. And Lord, by your Holy Spirit, direct us to the darkness that we might shine the light. We pray for our volunteers who go to Gentilly Lowe's and we thank you for them, particularly for Steve and Shirley. We want to pray now. God, we pray for Shirley's healing. We just ask that you would lay your hand of healing upon her. That is our desire. Lord, we pray you'll be with the doctors and what they do, what they prescribe, the surgery she is contemplating. God, that you'll watch over this dear couple. Father, we pray for the other volunteers that you will give us courage to share the gospel, praying with those who come. Lord, we pray for those who, who are in need, who come to Gentilly Lowe's. Help us be faithful in our love for them. God, we commit this important ministry unto you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we begin with prayer, just like Esther did. We rally troops to pray. We ourselves begin the march of prayer. We commit to pray in the days ahead that God will bless the work we do, not only here in our community, but around the world. There are other things that we must do. Esther illustrates this as well. The first, first verse or two of Esther chapter 5 says, On the third day, that is after the prayer, 
after the fasting, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the palace in front of the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne in the hall, facing the entrance. When he saw Queen Esther standing in the court, this is the very point at which they prayed. This is the moment for which the people of God prayed. This is why they were fasting. At that very moment, the king looked and saw the queen. He was pleased with her and held out to her the gold scepter that was in his hand. So Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. Not only did Esther rally the troops to pray, but she took the step of faith that was hers to take. It was risky. It required courage. It required faith. She had hope in her heart that she would not die. But she did what she was called to do. And coupled with our prayer, we must give and we must go. We send along with our prayers our gifts and our going. We know the names of the people in need. We deploy to go to the need. We hug those residents at Jefferson Healthcare. We know the faces of the homeless. We know the boys and the girls at the juvenile detention center. We see those prisoners face to face. And so we give and we go along with our prayers. And we have an exciting opportunity for you to participate, not just in praying, but giving and going as well. Christy, tell us more. Also, as your inserts in your worship guide, you received um, a summary of our global impact offering. This is our giving strategy, our, our missions funding strategy that we have for First Baptist New Orleans. It's, it allows us to give and have our money strategically go to each of these areas of the world. And you can see this pie chart here that describes that. And right now, I'd like you to turn your attention to the screens. We're going to see a little video that tells you how your dollar given to Global Impact is, is, is dispersed. The Global Impact Offering has been the FVNO Missions Funding Strategy since 2007. When you bring your tithe and your offering into the house of worship, it goes to support the hub, the core, the body. The focus is on the local work. A portion of that goes to support missions locally and around the world. When you give above that to the Global Impact Offering, it all goes to support missions, 100%. What happens when you give a dollar to Global Impact? 45 cents of your dollar goes to the Lottie Moon Offering to fund missions through the International Mission Board. Through the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering, in one year, the gospel was presented to more than 1,400,000 individuals, more than 266,000 new believers were baptized, and 133 new people groups were engaged. 10 cents of your dollar goes to the Annie Armstrong Offering to fund missions through the North American Mission Board. Annie Armstrong does things like start new churches, support ministry evangelism, and shares the gospel on college campuses. Five cents of your dollar goes to the Georgia Barnett Offering for State Missions, and another five cents goes to Lillian Gray Offering for New Orleans Missions. The Georgia Barnett Missions Offering assists church plants and mission churches, supports disaster relief in Louisiana, and shares the gospel with the fastest growing population in our state. The Lillian Gray Missions Offering supports the Baptist Community Health Services, 
supports justice, ministry, and transitional housing, and the New Orleans Baptist Association seeks to share Jesus, start churches, and change our culture. Fun fact, Lillian Gray, the name that is in our New Orleans offering, was the pastor's wife right here at FBNO for a long time. A lot of people in our church today actually knew her. Now getting back to that dollar you gave to Global Impact, 20 cents of it goes to support the mission trips that we take from FBNO. It reduces the cost to the individual by 20%, it provides scholarship assistance, and it pays for the resources for team strategies. The last five cents of your dollar supports our Care Effect Ministries. Through these ministries, we at FBNO go, ourselves, into the city to address the needs of children, minister to people in prison, provide food for the hungry, visit the sick and the elderly, teach English to the foreigner, and go to places where Jesus would go to love and care for the people who probably won't come to us. Since implementing the Global Impact Strategy, the number of FBNO people making mission giving a regular part of worship has increased by 80%. FBNO giving to missions has more than doubled. In 2013, the FBNO family gave $87,696.23 to missions. That's a lot of quarters, dimes, and nickels going a long way. So give to Global Impact, because Global Impact giving makes change. This last year in 2014, um, we gave $93,593.51. It's the first year that we've surpassed our goal of $90,000. So we're very excited about that. And it indicates that we do want to send our money. We do want to give to, to further the gospel in the world and to make a global impact. And for that reason, for 2015, our goal, our global impact giving goal is going to be $100,000. And we believe that we can do it. And we believe that each one of us can prayerfully consider how we as a family, as an individual, want to give specifically to missions. You have in your worship guide a, a um, commitment card. And this commitment card um, comes apart. It has a part that you can keep yourself and a part that you can turn into us. We would like to ask you to specifically pray with your family. Parents, involve your children in this prayer time and decide what you want to give. If you would like to make a commitment so that we can pray for you um, as you as you consider your giving, as you give throughout the year to Global Impact, um, we would love to have that commitment card for you, from you. If you know today what you want to commit to, go ahead and put it in the offering plate today. If not, we'll be collecting them throughout the month of November. There's also a place to turn them in um, at our um, World Doodle out in the hallway. So make that commitment to be giving to missions to further the gospel throughout the world. We also, we go through our giving, but we also go physically to um, meet the needs around our city. And you'll notice around, um, in, the, in the room, there are several stations that we have. These are our Go Giving projects, our Christmas giving projects for the year. And I'd like to tell you a little bit about each one of them so that you can see what we're giving. And we're going to take a few minutes after you, we've located where they are and give you a a chance to go to the stations, pick up some projects for you and your family to do together. Um, we, the projects here at the front are very personal, very specific. We have specific names of people that we're going to give to. So we would like you to sign these out um, 
Taylor, tell us about the project over here. NOLA to improve the life of children in our city. And this year we're asking you as a small group class, maybe a group of people together, to take an ornament off this tree and pick about $125 worth of items for gender appropriate children. Now this is not like we've normally done for foster care because this will be for a family who is trying to keep their children with them. So we're trying to help parents out who run the risk of losing their children to foster care. So if you're interested in that, come on up here, sign up the list, and be involved. Andrew, tell us about this table over here. This table is uh, for gifts for residents uh, at Jefferson Healthcare Nursing Home. And the ornaments on the tree are for specific residents that come to our Bible study regularly. And then there are ornaments on the table that will be more general general gifts for people that are there. Um, so come by, sign those out, and uh, buy a gift for a resident at the nursing home. Great. And all of these projects have instruction sheets with them and dates that we need them back from you so that, that you know where to bring them and when to bring them. Taylor, tell us about that, that um, project back there. We all have our favorite Christmas goodies that we like to make during the Christmas time. What we're asking you to do is take one of these boxes, fill it up with your favorite Christmas treats, and bring it back by the specific date. And these will go to many of our different Care Effect locations for the people there. Great. Andrew? These are Bibles over here, and uh, come pick up a stack of five, and we have instructions to highlight specific verses um, that, that'll kind of guide someone who's new to the Bible through, um, through the scriptures. And so highlight those, and we're encouraging you to take some and keep them to give to people in your life that need the encouragement of God's word, and then to bring some back so that we can use them for our different care effects ministries. Great. Taylor? As you know, we have a ministry to um, the prostitutes and the dancers in our city, and this is our inward ministry. And this year, every year at Christmas, we do a big Christmas blitz. So we're asking you to pick up this card, take a few of the items that are on here, put them in the bag, and bring it back to us so that we can deliver those during Christmas time to those dancers and those people that are involved in that industry in our city. Great. Andrew? Over here, we have uh, warmth bags for the homeless. And uh, again, we'll encourage you to take these and there's some items that are already in it and then other items that we want you to purchase and fill in the bags. Um, some of the bags you can keep in your car to give to people that you see as you go throughout your day and then others you can bring back here and we'll give them to those we feed regularly through our ministries. Wonderful. And Taylor? As you know, we have an after-school program that works with John Dybert Community School, but this Christmas we want to emphasize the teachers that teach there. So we're asking you to take this card Fill the items out, bring them back. We want to bless the teachers this year for all the work they do with children in our city. And Andrew, one more. These are stockings right here that are going to go to family, families that are recovering from addiction at Bethel Colony. And so um, moms and dads who are there and uh, maybe can't provide for their kids this Christmas, we have stockings that you can fill up for an age and gender specific um, child and uh, give them some Christmas gifts this year. Great. So be sure to pick up the instruction sheet that's there um, at the table with those projects. As you go around, we're going to have some music playing. Go with your family. Prayerfully consider how you want to give and bless other people this Christmas. All right. These projects are going to be available, the ones that are left in the lobby uh, later on. I want to read for you, though, the moment when the great reversal happened in the book of Esther because sometimes in our praying and our giving and even in our going, we do not see the transformation. And God has provided another avenue 
And in the book of Esther, there is this surprising moment in, the, in chapter 6 that I want us to read about. All right? It says, that night the king could not sleep. That ever happened to you? Sleepless night. So he ordered the book of the Chronicles, the record of his reign, to be brought in and read to him. It was found recorded there that Mordecai had exposed Big Thana and Teresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, who had conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. What honor and recognition has Mordecai received for this? The king asked. Nothing's been done for him, the attendants answered. The king said, Who's in the court? Now Haman had just entered the outer court of the palace to speak to the king about impaling Mordecai on the pole he had set up for him. His attendants answered, Haman's standing in the court. Bring him in, the king ordered. When Haman entered, the king asked him, What should be done for the man the king delights to honor? Now Haman thought to himself, Who is there that the king would rather honor than me? So he answered the king, For the man the king delights to honor, have them bring a royal robe the king has worn and a horse the king has ridden, one with a royal crest placed on its head. Then let the robe and the horse be entrusted to one of the king's most noble princes. Let them robe the man the king delights to honor and lead him on the horse through the city streets, proclaiming before him, This is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. Go at once, the king commanded Haman, Get the robe and the horse and do just as you have suggested for Mordecai, the Jew, who sits at the king's gate. Do not neglect anything you have recommended. So Haman, who intended to impale Mordecai that very day, finds the robe, gets the horse, and leads Mordecai through the streets of Susa, saying, this is what the king does for the man he delights to honor. See, this is where the worm turns in the book of Esther. This is the moment when all of a sudden things begin to be reversed. And the truth of the matter is, no human could have scripted it. Certainly not Esther or Mordecai. They couldn't have made the king sleepless that night or instructed him to call the historian and read the chronicles of his reign. But God was at work in ways that they did not know and could not predict to bring about the result for which they prayed and fasted and longed and hoped. And the same is true in our lives. There's somebody you've been praying for. You want a great reversal to happen in their life. You would love to see a great spiritual awakening happen to them. And maybe you've done some things and laid some groundwork, but now you know to pray God, use people I never heard of, circumstances I know nothing about, to touch this person for whom I pray and lead them to the Savior. God can do things we cannot begin to predict. And thus he did with Esther and Mordecai. And it is the moment, this moment of which I've read, where things are reversed and Haman realizes what he wishes will not come true. In fact, now he fears for his life, which indeed is in jeopardy. God wants to surprise you. I want you to brace for surprise. God's answering your prayers, maybe in ways you can't see yet. God's moving in the world 
in response to those prayers. Things are happening that maybe you don't even know about. When we send the gospel to the ends of the earth, we are sending the gospel of love and grace. It's Jesus touching the untouchable, healing the leper, reaching out to the woman in the streets. It's Jesus caring for those. Somebody came after the early church uh, worship service and they said to me, this person's not a member, they said to me, this is Jesus. This is Jesus at the nursing home, at the prison, with the homeless and the immigrant, in the streets, caring for those in need. This is Jesus. Three weeks ago, Alan introduced me to his friend, a pastor from India. And the pastor began to tell me that he was one of the cast of the untouchables in India who for generations have been called untouchable. And he said to me, the gospel is growing like wildfire in India among the untouchables because in the love and grace of Christ they realize their dignity and their worth. They realize that they can be forgiven and be part of the family of God. They realize they are children of God. Isn't that what Jesus did for those who are on the fringes, neglected, and the outcast? We go to Africa, you know we've been more than a dozen times to Accra. Christy got a call just a couple days ago from Accra, from a man named Sahadu, who is a wonderful brother now. But his wife has been very resistant. And when she got on the phone, she heard these words. Christy, Sahadu's wife, wants to talk to her American friend. And Christy had a conversation with the woman. The gospel travels along these friendship lines, these connections between people. The connections are strongest when they are bonds of love, concern, and care. It is the care effect which we seek to happen in your heart, that you care for somebody and suddenly you're different than you used to be. To happen in the person next to you or across the planet, somewhere in Africa or Asia, where we express the care and concern of God and they themselves are changed. It was Jesus who illustrated the care effect in so many ways to us and it makes him to us the most winsome person in all of history. The wonderful Lord Jesus caring for the downtrodden, loving those outside the boundaries, reaching out to them in their need. This is the gospel. This is the call of Christ. This is the power of God's love in our world today. Be there. Let's bow together. Lord, thank you that though you didn't need to do so, you chose to involve us in your wonderful work of redemption in carrying forward the gospel of grace to a world that needs a savior. Thank you, God, that you touch our hearts and call us to yourself and then give us the job 
the great commission. Go now. Tell others. Lord, we pray that you will help us be faithful in our time, in our place, in our praying, in our giving, and our going. To emulate the love of Christ, to share his name with others, and so carry forward the good news of God's love. In Jesus' name.